To the Party Talk podcast, where we empower leaders in youth drug prevention. And I'm so excited about today. I get to talk with Addison or Addie, a student, a college student out of California who is doing great work. And I found her because she wrote an article on vaping. So Addie, will you just give us your good old college intro and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm Addie White. Um, I actually just graduated this weekend from Pepperdine University in Malibu, California. Um, I'm a journalism major, film studies minor, and I'm from the Dallas, Texas area. For those of you who you know haven't heard or uh, read Addie's article yet, I'll be posting a link when we publish it on the blog so you can read up. But will you just give us an overview of kind of what your project was or what you wrote about? Yeah, for sure. So um, at Pepperdine, we have our newspaper, The Graphic, and then we have a magazine, Currents, and that comes out every semester. And so this was a piece I did for the spring 2023 Currents, which was super awesome. Um, there's a few big pieces in every magazine, and I was very fortunate to get to write one this semester. Um, and so the editor of this semester's magazine, Lydia, she had kind of a master list of stories she wanted to do, and one of them was about vaping. She didn't really know like where she wanted to take it, but she wanted to do some cultural piece about vaping and nobody wanted to write it. And I was like, well, I'll write it. That sounds interesting. You know, I can do something with that for sure. And so I took it on and I kind of got to shape it. And I eventually landed on wanting to talk about kind of the negative aspects of vaping because um, I think it's something that culturally young people know, like there's negative things, you know, but they don't have like the hard data. They don't have access to like like actual information about it outside of just, oh, I know so-and-so vapes all the time and they kind of get sick easy or like they have a cough. Like people kind of know like the qualitative things about vaping and why it might hurt you or hurt your life, but they don't really understand like the reasoning behind that. And so I thought it would be really interesting to like actually get experts on the record to talk about it. Because even I was interested. I was like, I don't actually know the true like science behind this. So it was interesting to get real data and kind of be able to do that. That was kind of the way I took it and wanted to shape it. And I think I was able to get that in the end. Right. Was there any, as you were going on this journey and, and studying all of this stuff, was there any, I'm curious, was there any friends who were uncomfortable because maybe they were vaping? <laughs> yeah, I definitely, um, I have a lot more friends, I would say at home in Texas who are regular vape users than in California, which I think is just because at Pepperdine, it's a Christian school. It's a little less kind of that environment. Um, not that it doesn't happen there, but it definitely happens way less than, you know, when I'm at home kind of in the middle of nowhere, Texas, there's not really much going on. Um, people pick up all kinds of habits. So I think, yeah, my high school friends definitely were more like interested in it in the personal level of like, oh, this is something I do or that a lot of our friends do. So it's more interesting to know that. And I think, it, again, it was things they probably knew, but I think it's harder to like look away from an expert saying this is what's happening or you know this is like what could happen to you i think that's a little more of a wake-up call than another person your age who doesn't really know kind of being like i'm sure this is bad for you but like hearing it from an expert i definitely think is more jarring <laughs> yeah and where did your where did your research take you as far as did you get to meet anybody that you wouldn't have gotten to meet or did you dive into research that was interesting can you tell me a little bit about that yeah, I definitely think the most kind of unexpected and interesting part of putting the article together was I kind of put a lot of feelers out for different interviews. And I was like, you know, my dream would be to get like someone from Truth to talk to me from that nonprofit. It's very well known. And I'm like, everyone my age knows those commercials. Like, that's just something that would resonate with people with the audience I'm trying to reach. 
And I reached out to them. I thought it was a total, you know, shot in the dark. And then like three days later, they were like, we would love to meet with you about this. Like, here's someone who could talk to you. And so that was really cool. And then that interview was very like productive. Like I got probably my best data, best information, all of that from that interview. And I think that what surprised me about that was, again, it was things I kind of already intuitively knew about like how vaping got popular because I was a teenager as vaping was getting popular. I was there like I remember. But it was really powerful to have like an expert be like, yes, this is what happened, like what you experienced every high schooler in America was experiencing. Like, I think learning about particularly like the way Juul entered the market as a product and kind of changed everything. I think that was really interesting to me because, again, I remember all of a sudden everyone had one. It was like, where did this come from? Like, and hearing an expert explain how that happened from that kind of like knowledgeable point of view and comparing it to my own experience was really cool. Yeah, that would be so fascinating to take something that, yeah, like you're observing and living through and then seeing the data on, on yeah, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm like excited for you and the experience that you got. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was really cool. Yeah, some of the things that, so I've got your article pulled up. Um, so some of the things that I'll just read off and if there's anything that you want to add in there that was interesting, uh, feel free to just, just jump right in. But okay. here's the first one. It was almost 20% of 18 to 29 year olds in America vape. Mm -hmm. And another one was, which is funny to me now seeing like the data that has come out in the youth risk behavior survey, right? It, it's close to that now in like middle school students mm -hmm. are vaping. Um, and then, you know, high school is upwards of 20%. Um, so like as, as the stuff is, is trending and I know with COVID, some people are leery about the data. Like, is it, is it the best source now since COVID kind of disrupted everything right. um, or is it different? But I try to stay at least close to them if I can. And so learning that, that age demographic, 18 to 29 year olds, I didn't know this one. So you, um, you cited Statista and check this out. This is a fun one. The e-cigarette industry made $22.8 billion globally in 2022 in just one year. So $22 billion, almost 23 billion. That's insane. I know. Yeah. That, that one really got me because I think for the years of like 2020 to 2022 in particular, I feel like even though I knew people who vaped before COVID and continued through COVID, I think I kind of assumed there maybe would be some kind of drop because I mean, if you have a respiratory pandemic, you think people might take a step back. But I think that that data in that context specifically really shocked me because it just kept growing and it is projected to continue to grow. And I think kind of like you were saying with youth numbers, I think a lot of that is driven by younger and younger people getting into vaping, imitating older kids, you know, and it kind of just continues in that way. Yeah, exactly. And you, you talked about that in your article too, is how the vaping industry was specifically targeting young people. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, that was another really interesting part of kind of all of this that I learned. Because again, it was something I experienced firsthand, but like explaining why it was so attractive to people my age when I was like in high school was interesting. A lot of it is marketing, really smart marketing. Um, there was like really attractive flavors. Like I know I had friends at high school who, I mean, were like habitual vape users who had like three or four go-to flavors that they would like. Um, and it kind of became like a thing to have like your flavor you liked. And so I think a lot of that drives a lot of it. And obviously there've been certain laws and things passed 
targeting the marketing, targeting the flavors, trying to make it less attractive. But I think, you know, once you've done it long enough, it's not about like the attractiveness of it. It's like now you're just addicted to it. So it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, the ways it targets young people, I think, generally revolves around the marketing and then also around like social currency. Like, I mean, if six kids at your high school are doing this now and their kids you think are cool or they're in your friend group, I mean, now you're going to have to because you're like, well, I got to keep up. So I think that it's smart in the way that it markets to people. And then it knows once it hits at least a small amount of kids in a certain area or group, like it's going to take hold on more just because that's the way like social hierarchies work, like in high school, especially it's, you know, everyone has to get in on the same thing. Yeah. And it it's human nature, right? Like we're, we're not the most predatorial species. So we have to, since, you know, the beginning of humans, we have to group together to survive. Right. The more social power you have, the more influence, the more protection, the more safety. And so it's like built into us that there's people around us doing it. Yeah. Like let's fit in. And mm-hmm. in the case, something as dangerous as, you know, wreaking havoc on your lungs with a vaping right. products. And nowadays with students using THC and cannabis products in their vapes, um, it's just, yeah, it's really scary. Yeah. The one of the things I want to expand on that you touched on just now is that when students know, Hey, it could potentially do this to me. That's like one strike against vaping and then, but my friends are all doing. So it's like one pro and they're not necessarily made equal. It's not one versus one because I know the potential long-term risks, but mm-hmm. term, like I want to have friends, I want to feel good and fit in. And so it's almost like it's a weightier decision metric when right. with, with our program with 518 and party point oh, by, by providing these basically giant parties without any drugs or alcohol, it's a way to show students they don't need to use it to fit in and have fun. But also it's not enough just to tell them it's like, all right, well, let me invite you to an event so you can be a part of it. And I think that's what's so cool and why I wanted to talk to you because, you know, being a young adult, a college student, seeing this is you have this near peer power, you know, you're close in age. Uh, I look young that I can still get away with it, but (laughs) I'm getting up there. So I, I was just so impressed that you were, uh, writing about something that, that, you know, my field is really passionate about. You're doing lots of great research and your writing too, took a, a, a stance saying, Hey, this is harmful. This is dangerous. It's still out there and it could continue to grow. Um, you know, unless we see something different happening. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that was my main goal with this was like, it's obviously like a news piece and you know you can't outright you know say a certain opinion or whatever but it's like clearly the data points at a certain direction that just is factual like this is bad for you and I think that something I wish I could have expanded upon more but it's hard because there's not like great data behind it because vaping is so new is like is that social aspect like I would love for when the day comes where we can get data behind the way like social kind of things drive vaping other than like qualitative kind of just firsthand you know assuming which is right but like it's there's no data behind it so I think for now what we have is like data on nicotine and like data on kind of incidences of like illness in young people and things like that and even that data is not great because it's vaping is still so new in this population so I think that it'll be interesting as time goes on to kind of have more research professionally done and more data to like 
draw on and look at. I think obviously it's sad that there will be enough time pass and enough people doing it that there will be data, but there will be. And so I think eventually an even better article could be written with actual like good, really strong data. And I kind of, you know, look forward to when that is available to us. Yeah, I agree with you. It'd be cool to have one specifically with, you know, vaping or nicotine and, and those group settings. I actually came across this, um, this study and I'll have to find it and try to cite it, but the, it was interesting. It was talking about the, you know, the group think mentality mm-hmm. and how this one person would go into a room and they were surrounded by, you know, actors and actresses and they were asked questions and you raise your hand, you think it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And they would have one person, you know, the, the person who's not acting mm-hmm. the subject. And so they're answering questions and they would change it where, you know, the audience would go along with them saying it's right. And okay, that's easy because I said it's right and everyone else thinks it's right. Right. And they would do it, continue doing it, but more people would say that, like they would raise their hand thinking the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. If it would sway that person. Oh. They did it with like factual things. Like you're like, no, you can't possibly get this wrong. It's so mm-hmm. easy. Or even, you know, emotional things. I'm like, that's actually a terrible thing. Like, should we punish this person or cause them harm? And if there was more people in the room saying, yes, we should, then that person was more likely to, to say, yes, we should. Right. Uh, they, you know, previously w- hadn't said that. Right. Uh, and so like, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's, there's plenty of studies out there and very interesting things about humans and about our social interactions and how we're swayed, but ones that would be specific to this epidemic. And like you said, unfortunately, like might become worse before it gets better. Right. My hope is since the, we dealt with this once with big tobacco and cigarettes, hopefully the timeline, you know, less lives will be lost before we correct this curve and can learn a lesson. But with humans, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is hard to know. I do think, I mean, I interviewed for the article, a high schooler who is my little sister's in high school. So this is a good friend of hers. And um, I, it was interesting to hear their perspective based on like I was in high school gosh, five years ago now, the last time I was in high school. So it's been a while since I was in that environment. So I was interested to kind of get a check on where are things now? Like, what is it really like? And it does seem like, at least from their perspective at this one high school, it seems like it is less about like the social thing now and more about just like people have been doing it for so long. It's something they do now. And so I do think it is interesting to kind of hear from them that it's not as attractive to other high schoolers if they weren't already doing it in middle school or whenever it was really big. So I do think that's interesting, at least from one perspective, to hear someone be like, you know, I know plenty of people who do it and they all have just done it for years and they just kind of do it now, but I've never had an interest. Like, I think that's interesting because I think even when I was in high school, like I was not like a, a vapor like all the time, but I definitely had used one before because it was like, well, we're at this, you know, party that we're all here, everyone's doing it, you know, it's just kind of the thing. And I feel like hearing from them now that they're like, I have no interest in that and I don't feel pressured. Like, I think that is interesting. I do think maybe slowly over time, that kind of aspect of it maybe will get better. But unfortunately, there are those people who did start when they were in like sixth or seventh grade and now they're seniors and they're addicted to nicotine. And it's just something they do now. Right. Yeah. And they'll have to uh, do with the withdrawals and and things that make it really difficult to quit. Right. That's something too is like, when you're a kid and you look at an adult saying, you look at them and maybe they smoke cigarettes 
mm-hmm. you know, maybe they, they vape or they use marijuana. And most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, if you ask a cigarette smoker, they have tried quitting at some point. Right. Or if you want to quit, or if you talk to them, they're like, I spend so much money. I'm always need to go outside, you know, in the cold and like mm-hmm. smoke. I wish I didn't have to do this, but the fight against withdrawals and against nicotine addiction is just so daunting. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like holding them captive. Right. It's super sad um, that something like that could start in middle school. And now too, like since doing speaking engagements at schools all over, I'm learning it's it's starting in fourth and fifth grade as well. One school actually just said they had a second grader uh, get a vaping device confiscated from them, which is- Wow. Yeah. It's wild. Is there anything else that you came across that we didn't talk about that you'd like to share just on what was interesting or what research you learned? I do think the statistic about the amount of nicotine in vapes is really compelling. Um, that again was something I've kind of just heard forever like, oh, these have so much more nicotine than cigarettes. But when you're like 17, you're like, that means nothing to me. I have no concept of, you know, what that means. Um, so I think that was interesting, again, to have that kind of confirmed by someone who knows that I think it's like there's like five times or there's as much nicotine in like a pod, like a jewel pod, as in like a whole pack of cigarettes. And so you blow through a jewel pod in probably a day or two if you're someone who really vapes a lot. And so that's like, that's crazy. You might blow through multiple every couple of days. And so that amount of nicotine in your system is like unprecedented, especially when you're so young and developing. And so I think that was really interesting to me because I do think that's like, as far as medical professionals can be sure of right now, that's like the root of a lot of the health concerns with vaping is like that volume of nicotine in a young person's system. Um, and so I think Megan Jacobs from Truth, who I interviewed, she put it in really good terms of like, even in like the 60s when kids were smoking cigarettes like crazy, they weren't smoking a pack a day. Like, but kids now are vaping the equivalent of a pack a day of nicotine. And so I think to me that was the most like in your face, like crazy statistic to learn because even as far as I knew, I didn't know it was that crazy. And so, yeah, I think that maybe was the biggest shock of everything I learned was just like that is really like hard to deny like provable like data about why this is so toxic especially to young bodies and so yeah that was that was really like compelling information and especially in terms of comparing it to the cigarette epidemic in like the mid-century like it just wasn't even that bad then yeah well that's incredible thank you for Addie. thank you for taking some time to just chat with me about it and i know this is going to encourage a lot of people hearing about your research and your article and personally you know what you learned and took away from it because we all have a reach. Like every single person has a reach of people that they influence. And the fact that you're not doing that and that you're educated on it is going to make a difference in the people around you. So thanks for writing that and and for taking the time to chat with me today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. There you have it, everyone. Another episode of Party Talk where we empower leaders in youth drug prevention. You heard from Addie. Again, she's looking for jobs. So if you've got something in marketing, uh, communications, Hit her up. Let me know. Hit her up.